Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we're helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all, or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can go to mynsc.org happenings. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout the week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? It's going to be fun. A lot of application today. As you know, we've been in the series moving on from your past to your purpose, actually. And uh, uh, if you haven't heard all of the, 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 the sermons in this series, go back online, podcast it. You know, it's, it's there for you. And uh, today is going to be loads and loads of application as we talk about your purpose. And so we've really been, this is kind of the climax of this entire series is today. So all of you should have your sermon notes and you should have this next step card. We'll get to that in, in, just, a, um, uh, in just a little while. We need to pray for the uh, group of uh, uh, church members that are in Guatemala right now. We have uh, a team in Guatemala, I believe 14 of them that we sent from New Song. Uh, half of them are on their way today. They're on a, a three to four hour mule trip ride. Uh, they're on mules right now, probably right now, in fact, as we speak, making their way into the jungles of Guatemala because there are, are villages out there that are completely unreached. They've never heard of the name of Jesus. And we're planting a church. We're starting a church there. And all of the supplies have been delivered. And they're building that building this week. And there's no road out there, everybody. It's just a trail. That's why they have to ride mules all the way out there. The other half of the team are going into uh, one of the, the villages that we've already started a church in. And they're doing ministry, uh, ministry to kids, but also ministry to families as well. So be praying for the entire uh, New Song mission team that's down in Guatemala right now. Of course, my wife is there. She's, she heads up all of the mission teams here. She's uh, gone. And, and, and um, I was thinking about this as she was gone that I told her before she left, I said, you know what I get to do? I should say this way, what I don't, what I don't have to do uh, for the next like nine or 10 days until you get back is I don't have to make the bed. I don't have to make the bed. Isn't that a great thing? Because that serves no purpose in life at all. Like really none. Have you ever, have you ever taken off your shoes when you get home? You take off your shoes and you think to yourself, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I know, I know I'm going to put my foot back in this, you know, pretty soon. I'm just going to go ahead and tie it back up before. You, you don't do that. When you take off your shoes, you leave it untied so it'll be ready for the next time that you slide your foot in. I think the bed should be left unmade for the next time that you just slide right into it, everybody. See, it doesn't make sense to make the bed. In fact, there's lots of things in my house that don't make sense. Uh, uh, we, have, we have a comforter on, in our in our bedroom like probably most of you it's it's a comforter and there are lots of pillows on our beds like pillows with shams and then just normal pillows and every single night we have to unmake the bed because we take all of the pillows and we put those at the foot of the bed on the floor and then we take the comforter and we take the comforter off and we actually put that on the floor as well we're not allowed to sleep in, in my house we're not allowed to sleep with the comforter that is off limits in fact if I if I sit on my bed or lay on the bed, when the comforter is in place, my wife will say, don't do that. And I'll say, why? She says, you're going to get the comforter dirty. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you put it on the floor every night. I, you're saying I'm dirtier than the floor. Now, granted, our comforter is white it, it, with some grays in it or whatever. So she, she's trying to protect it. But I, guys don't understand this, ladies. We don't understand this. In fact, I was thinking lots of things. Um, I go into, if you go into our living room, we have these throw blankets on, on the couches for, for, you know, the little throw blankets. Like when you get cold, you can just have a blanket right there. And, and, and heaven forbid if I use that throw blanket, everybody, 
that it's not for use. Did you know that? Throw blankets are not for actual use. That if I'm using one, my wife says, what are you doing? I'm saying, well, I got cold. And she says, not, not that one. You don't use that one. That one goes over here. And she'll go get one of those little fleece blankets and here, use this instead. We, we have, I have lots of things. I could go off all day, everybody. Pillows, pillows on the couches in our house. We have so many pillows on our couches that there's no place to sit down. And you think I'm joking, but if you've been in our house, you know this to be true. Everybody that comes over to our house, just put the pillows on the floor. And I'm thinking, well, why do we have that many pillows? If you have to put them on the floor to, to actually sit on the couch, you got too many pillows, everybody, but not my wife. My wife says, well, well, well what if somebody comes over? I want, it, I, want it to look, I want it to look nice. And I'm thinking, okay, are, are you giving tours of our house or something? Like, who's, who's coming over all the time where these have to be out? I, and I tell her, well, why can't we just put them out when company comes over and otherwise just leave them in a closet? Oh, no. No, that's not, that's just not right. It's not, well, let, let, me, let me go further. We have towels in our kitchen that, that are untouchable towels. They're towels that are not meant to be towels. They're meant to be decorations. And they're not just in the kitchen, but they're also in the bathrooms. We don't touch those towels. And if one of those towels is touched, well, what, what happened to this towel? Well, I, I, I dried off with it. Well, where was your towel? Well, I forgot it, and I didn't want to, you know, walk across the, the you, you've been there, right? You just grab one of those decorative towels, and you, well, it's, I'm telling you, it's the unforgivable sin in my house, everybody. It's terrible. And, uh, and, and you, so there's just lots of things in my world that just doesn't make sense, that lots of things I look at my house, and I say, well, that doesn't, that, I don't know the purpose of that. And you say, why are you saying this today? Well, the first reason, an obvious reason, is that my wife is in Guatemala, and she can't do anything about it. I can say anything I want to today, right? And, and the second thing is because I, I found out that, that a, lot of, 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 a lot of people think that they don't have a purpose in, in their life either, but I want to tell you, like, every single one of you, you're, you're not like that. You have a purpose on your life. Like, there's an actual assignment, a God-given assignment on your life. You have a you have a purpose. You have a purpose. We've been saying it this way, that you were made on purpose for a person, purpose, that you are a solution to a problem, that God created you as the solution to a problem. So when, when God created you, he had a problem in mind in which you were called to solve. And a lot of you just haven't discovered what that, what that problem is that you've been called to solve. And I'm going to start this, again, we have loads of application today that I'll walk you through. But I'm going to start this with some verses uh, today just to highlight this thought. In fact, not just this thought, but this truth that we find in the Bible. We're going to start with Mark chapter 9, verse 41. It says, For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, assuredly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. So, so, let me say this, for all of you who are concerned and you think, okay, well, now I've got to become a missionary because apparently when everybody thinks purpose, they think, well, God's going to call me to Africa. I mean, it's just a thought that, that loads and loads of people have had. God is, God, God is going to call me to a third world country. You know, the Bible actually says that even if you give the smallest of things, even if you just give a cup of water in the name and for the glory of God, that you will actually get rewarded. Meaning this, let me say it a different way. That even when you give the smallest cup of water to somebody in need, it captures the attention of God. So much so that he doesn't just say, well done. 
He says, well done, and he attaches a reward to it. I'm telling you, your acts of service, no matter how small they are, captures the attention of God. In fact, there's no such thing as an insignificant act of service in the eyes of God. There's no such thing. If you say, well, this is so insignificant, can I tell you, whatever you do for the Lord, do it. Do it knowing that it captures the eyes, the attention of God upon your life, and he actually rewards it. I'm telling you, he's captivated by your loving service to others. He's captivated by it. It, it energizes God. Energizes him to the point to say, hey, I want, I want to bless them. I want to reward them. I could talk about that all day, but let's move on to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says, each of you, new song, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. And I promise you, every single person in this room, you have a gift. You have a gift. And you, you say, well, my, my, my gift, I don't really have a gift. I, I don't like to talk. I, I just, I like to sit there and not do anything. Well, you have the gift of listening. And a lot of people just need a sounding board. They just need a listening ear. How many know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm telling you, every single one of you have a gift to be used, and it's always going to be for the benefit of someone else. It is received uh, to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, so it doesn't all look the same. But I promise you, you have a gift, and it's meant to make a difference in the life of someone else. It's not, it's not a gift to be, to be hoarded. It's not a gift in which uh, it fulfills your selfishness. In fact, it's a gift to be used to benefit someone else. Galatians 6, 9, and 10 says this. Let us not become weary in doing good. How many, how many know that sometimes you just get a little bit tired after a while? Even Jesus got tired. And you know what he did? We have it recorded multiple times in Scripture. He got tired. And he just took a little break. And then he went right back to his purpose. He went right back to his calling. A lot of people sometimes get tired in, in, in ministry and they don't know, they mismanage the tiredness. I, I've, I've done that in the past. And they end up walking away from ministry. Jesus never walked away from ministry for a lengthy amount of time. But he did walk away from ministry. He got alone. He went to a secret place. He rested. He recharged his batteries. He spent time with the Father. In fact, just a few weeks ago, I, I, you guys know this, I went to a conference in, in Phoenix, Arizona, and part of that is to receive from other pastors. A, a pastor needs to recharge his batteries too. And so I did that in the presence of other believers. There was worship. There was speaking and you know preachers and challenges, and I was encouraged, but I just got away because I, I know me that I, every now and then I've just got to take a little break. I've just got to recharge the batteries. And that is going to give me long, long-term use for the glory of the Lord. So everybody, if, if, you, if you get tired, the Bible says, don't get weary in doing good. Like, it, it means this. It's obvious that you're going to get tired. So just take a little break, but make it short. Because God has a purpose on your life. And you need to take a break, recharge your batteries, go right back to it. Watch this. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest. As, meaning this, everybody, it's going to be worth it if we do not give up. It's going to be worth it. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do good, especially to the family of believers. 
You say, why especially the family? Because that's what family is for, New Song. That's what, that's what our church family is for, to, to, to bless one another, serve one another, care for one another, help each other grow, encourage each other in the faith. That's what we're meant to do. That's what family does. And you know that because you have this mentality, hey, family first. Hey, that's my family member. You know, my, my brother had a bad week. If some of you know this, he, um, um, he was having severe chest pains, pulled off the side of the road, was kind of incoherent and uh, fever and, and lots of things happening. And ambulance was called. And I, I was first outside of the ambulance. I was the first one on the scene, got to, you know, just pray with my brother right then, pray for him right then. And, and um, how do I say this? Uh, you, you never know, I tell this to you all the time, you never know what a day holds, right? You never know what a day holds. And you know, when I, when I came in, and I, I pulled my mom, she was teaching a small group. I, I pulled my mom out of that small group, said, Mom, hey, Richard's just you know, being taken to the hospital. I said this in front of a lot of people. I said, I, I said hey, uh, everybody, God's got this. Why don't we just all pray together? And I was so glad because we, we didn't have to bear the weight of it alone, that there were 20 or 30 people in that room. Maybe some of you were there in that room, and we all just cried out to God for maybe 10 or 20, 20 seconds, prayed on behalf of my brother all together. Me and my mom just took off towards the hospital, and I thought, what a great church family, that we gotta be there for one another. You gotta be there for one another. And you know what? I found out nobody, nobody looked at me and said, I don't wanna pray for your brother. You, you know what I'm saying? Like when they said, when, and you would do this, if somebody came to you and said, hey, listen, could you just pray with me? You would say to yourself, absolutely, I'll pray. Absolutely, I'll pray. And if you say, well, I don't know how to pray, but I know somebody who does. Let me pull a pastor over here. Let me pull one of my friends. We'll all pray together. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's what family is for. And we have this thing that when, when my brother was in need, guess what? I, I, family first. Like, when my brother was in need, my mom knew, hey, I got to, you feel the same way. Well, you have to feel that way over, over all of us, not just your family, but us as a family. Because God says it here in his word that we are a family of believers, we're a family of believers, meant to live life together, meant to encourage one another, strengthen one another together. John 15, 8 says, this is to my Father's glory. This is Jesus speaking. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. What, what he's saying is this, that when you learn to serve someone else in the name of our Heavenly Father, by the grace and the calling of God, what you're actually doing is pointing people to God. He says, it's to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Meaning a natural output in your life as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, a natural output of your life is going to be to bear fruit, to make a difference in the world, to make a difference in the world. But how can you make a difference in the world if you don't know your purpose? And I'm here today to help you discover your purpose. So here's some, a very short review. Number one, that before you were born, you were given an assignment. And one of the most powerful portions in fam famous scripture found in Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, is when God is talking to Jeremiah and he says, Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And in Jeremiah's case, God says, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Well, God shows no favoritism, everybody. If he does that for Jeremiah, he does that for all of us. He shows no favorites. Meaning, before you, new song, before you were born, God had an assignment on your life. 
And he placed you at this moment in history, at this location to make a difference, to fulfill the assignment that he placed upon your life. Make no mistake, you were born on purpose for a purpose. You were made on purpose for a purpose. Number two, that your personality, your passion, and your gifts connect to your purpose. So at the, so at the center of your personality, your passion, and your gifts is your purpose. The, they connect to one another. Meaning, meaning this, whatever your purpose is, it will create energy in you, excitement in you. It'll come, it, it'll come not only naturally, it'll come supernaturally to you. It'll, it'll be a natural part of you, but can I tell you the truth? It'll act, it's actually a supernatural part of you. That God designed you like that. So, so, for instance, there's no other place that I would rather be than right here, right now, holding this microphone. It's the weirdest thing. This doesn't stress me a bit. Some of you would puke outside if I were to hand you to, you would say, I need to go outside first, you know, before I talk. And we all will all know why, right? Because you're losing your lunch over the idea of holding this thing. If, if I handed this microphone to my wife, she'd say, no, thanks. I don't want that. It's not natural for her. Why? Because it's not her calling. It's not her calling. She does other things that are very natural, in fact, supernatural, that, that energize her because it's the call of God upon her life. Mission trips energizes her, energizes her. She loves mission trips, loves going on them, loves organizing them. It's just part of her purpose in life, everybody. So it's something that, that comes naturally slash supernaturally to you. And then, of course, number three, what you do is an extension of what you value. What you do is an extension of what you value. So your life right now is an extension. You're living out what you value. So I value my relationship with God, therefore I pray. Therefore I worship him, therefore I honor him, therefore I, I, I obey him because I, I value my heavenly father and his son Jesus. Uh, okay, so I try to be a great husband uh, because I value my wife. I try to be a great dad to my children because I value my children. They're extremely valuable to me. So I live my life as an extension of what I value. I pray, new song, I pray for you every single day. There's never a day that goes by in which I'm not praying for you. Why do I do that? Because I value you. You're so valuable to me that my life is an extension of what I value. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you my life because you're so valuable to me. I'm giving my life to the city and to this, to this region because it's so valuable to me. God gave me a divine love for this area. You see what I'm saying? So right now, what you're doing is actually an extension of what you're valuing. My question is, do your values need to change? Do your values need to change? Are you valuing the wrong thing? It's a great question. And it's something that I can't answer for you. It's something that you have to answer on your own. I can only point you in the right direction, and that's what I'm doing today. So if you're saying, well, pastor, help me, I, I, I'm in. I know I'm, I'm created on purpose for a purpose. Help me discover my purpose in life. Well, I have a bunch of questions that I ask people. Maybe you've gone through Live Your Dream, and you know this portion of it. Uh, it's a class that I teach. I'll be teaching, teaching it again in May. And these are the questions that I ask people to help them discover their purpose. Because I've learned something. I cannot and I will not call you into ministry. Because when you get called into ministry, you need to know that it's the Lord that's calling you. You need to know it's him. Because if it's man that called you, you'll give up on it really, really quickly. But if it's the Lord that calls you, you know that you're going to be obedient to it and it's going to be long term. Okay, so I've never placed a calling upon anybody's life. 
I've confirmed callings before, but I've never, I've never looked at somebody and said, you are called to fill in the blank. You know, I, I just don't do that. It's got to be the Lord speaking to you. All I can do is help you ask the right questions and hear the right questions. What are you passionate about? Now, this is the starting place. So out of everything that I talk about today, if at the end of it, you're like, well, I still don't know. I still don't, you know, I still don't fully get it. Let me ask you a question. What are you passionate about currently? And then do that for the glory of God. Okay, well, pastor, I'm really passionate about golf. Great. Golf for the glory of God. Form, form a group. Go golfing every week. But before you go out there, have a short devotional. Have a prayer time. Make sure that you're pointing them to Father and then go play a round of golf. Well, pastor, I love to read. I can just read nonstop. Great. Start a small group, a reading small group, in which you actually say, here's the book, and it's a book about you know, the grace of God, the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the love of God, the, whatever it is, and just go through that together. If you love reading, then do that for the glory of God. If you love fitness, do that for the glory of God. You see what I'm saying, everybody? That whatever it is, whatever, whatever you're passionate about, that's the starting place. Oftentimes, it's the starting place. Just do it for the glory of God. Do it for the glory of God. There's some, some men here in the church, and I, I, I love these guys, they say, you know what, I, I don't, I, you know, my personality, I'm not really, you know, a communicator. I have a good work ethic. I have a lot of skills and, you know, maybe electrical skills or, or plumbing skills or HVAC or, or just construction or whatever. What could I possibly do? And, and over and over, I just call these guys and say, hey, listen, guys, I have a widow that has her gutters are falling off. Could you go over and fix that for her free of charge? The church will pay for the materials. Could you just go put it up? Absolutely. And they're energized by it because it's something that they know how to do and they love doing. It's something they're passionate about. I just teach them to do it for the glory of God. How many know we, it's, good, it's a good thing to serve widows and orphans? How many know that to be true? Like that's what the Bible says. And all of a sudden you're living out your purpose just by replacing somebody's gutters or by fixing a stove. Or, or something so small that you think is insignificant. But when you offer a cup of water in the name of the Lord, you'll get a reward for it, meaning it's not insignificant. There, there's a purpose attached to your life. I promise you, there's a purpose attached to your life. So what are you passionate about? Here's some other question. Who needs you the most? So what people group do you just... You know what? I don't know why. For the life of me, I just love babies. Well, we have a nursery that perfectly designed for you. I just love junior hires. You know, can I tell you something? There's some junior hires. Junior high years are very awkward years. And there's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of hormones <laughs> that are raging. You know, like they, they don't know what to do with all of their feelings and their emotions. How many know that, that some junior hires need some stability in their life? You're like, I just, I love, I'm drawn to that age. Okay, go make a difference in that age group then. So I'm, I'm telling you, what, I'm asking you, what, who needs you the most? What, what people group, what age group stands out to you? That's a great question. How about this one? What breaks your heart? What just breaks your heart? Well, people who are in poverty, people who are, who are malnourished, that, that just breaks my heart. Well, do something about that. that. See, what breaks your heart is probably part of your purpose. What, who's, who's not being reached? Well, you know what's, you know, this people group, we're, right now we're in some villages in the, in the jungles of Guatemala that have never heard of the name of Jesus. And we're there because somebody saw a people group that wasn't being reached. And we said, hey, we can do that. We can make a difference there. And we're doing that. 
Who's not being reached? Who's not being discipled? So, so sometimes we, I've had a few people who have been, who've been Christians for 5, 10, 15 years, though. Pastor, we have a lot of new Christians here in the church. We have a lot of young Christians in the church. They really need discipling. And I look at them and say, yes, what are you going to do about it? When are you going to start teaching them? Oh, I wasn't saying. No, no, no. You saw a need. You saw a need. And that need that you see could be attached to your purpose. Are, are you with me so far, everybody? I'm just trying to help you out. Who's not being discipled? Who's not being cared for or protected? Like, who, who's suffering? Who do you see that's suffering? I, I was thinking of ministry that, uh, you know, some ladies in our community just, and, and we funded it, just bought toothpaste and toothbrushes and underwear and deodorant for all of the kids that lived at Economy Inn and Red Rock Inn. They're really homeless children. And they were saying, hey, they're not being provided for. Right? Hey, hey, we'll go provide for them. Go make a difference. Go make a difference. Who's not being loved or clothed or fed? What do you continually see going undone? What do you walk by and say, you know what? Somebody needs to do something about that. Welcome to ministry, everybody. Do it. Welcome, welcome to ministry. You know what makes me so happy? And I see this quite often. You know, sometimes it's hard to get everybody's schedules together. And sometimes people are sick. And, and there's so many people that will come in and they'll realize that that, that the greeters that are supposed to be at the front doors, for instance, they're just not there, or maybe they're running late, and they'll just step in and say, hey, there's something not being done. I'll just do it. I'll just do it. You don't have to ask me. You don't have to suggest it to me. I'll just, I'm just going to do it for the glory of the Lord. And I, I'm telling you, though, that God sees that, and he rewards it. It's not insignificant to God. What do you continually see going undone? Which area would create excitement in you? What's an area that just energizes you? Like, it's just easy for you to do. Do it for the glory of God. What gifts and strengths do others see in you? So if you're having a hard time coming up with it, then, then, then go ask those who are closest to you. Hey, what do you see in my life? What, what do you think I would be good at? And get, some, get somebody else's opinion for your life. And of course, which area matches your spiritual gifts? And your personality. Because at the center of that will be your purpose. So I'll, I'm going to teach you th- uh, just a couple more things about this. And, and this was, I didn't know how to form it in, in, in the form of a question. But I want to ask you something to, today, or, or really tell, tell you something today. That God often converts your pain into your purpose. So some of you, like some of those things didn't ring true with you. They didn't pop out to you. And that's okay. But do you have pain in your past? Because God has this habit of turning pain into purpose. We, we have a, a, a young man that was here at the second service today, and I didn't call him by name because I didn't want to embarrass him, but hey, he's not here, and I can use his name now. His name's Andrew. And uh, he, he has an incredible past, uh, difficult past, dysfunctional past, homelessness and addictions in that. And, and he came to know Christ and God radically changed his life. And now he works full-time at David's Courage here in town, just living his life to make a difference in the life of others, meaning that God converted his pain into a purpose. Do you see that? He converted his pain into a purpose. So some of you have gone through some pain. You know what pain is all about? Well, why don't you help somebody else who's in the middle of the pain that you're not hurting from anymore? So maybe you didn't know how to manage money. And in, in, in the beginning of your married life, you, you were in debt up to your ears. You were barely making it. And, and you just learned lessons the hard way. But now you're, you're financially on your feet. 
and, and you're, you're, maybe you're debt-free, you, you have retirement savings now, you're just doing well, maybe you could look back and say, hey, is there, is there somebody else who just needs help with their finances that I could just encourage them on how to manage money? You see, God converts pain into purpose all the time. So maybe that's you. But whatever it is, let me tell you two things about whatever you're thinking about today, that your best life is always on the other side of complacency. You're not called to be a complacent Christian. That, that's, I promise you, that is not the calling of God. Let me say it this way. Do not be complacent in your relationship with God. And watch this. And don't be complacent in your relationship with others. Because we are called by God to love God and love others. The greatest commandments. Love God first and love others. Don't be complacent in your relationship with the Lord. And don't be complacent in your relationship with others. That your best life is on the other side of complacency. Actually, your best life is on the other side of fear as well. In fact, write this down, that faith always steps over fear because when it comes to fulfilling your purpose, you're going to have to take a step of faith. I promise you. You're going to have to take a step of faith. And faith always steps over fear. Always. If it didn't step over fear, it wouldn't be called faith. Right? I was was thinking about this. August, backtrack with me, August 22nd of 2004. It was the very first Sunday ever of New Song Church. And that morning, I was scared out of my mind. So fearful. I didn't know if anybody was going to show up. I, 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 to, to the point that, um, you know, me and my wife were, you know, we're kind of doing separate things that morning. We're just running around crazy, like, you know, getting, making sure everything's ready. And, and I think my mom must have seen some fear in my face because she looked at me and she, does, she did what moms do. She said, it's going to be fine. And that means, you know what that means, right? Calm down, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's going to be fine. Because I was, I was afraid. Well, what if nobody shows up? What if all this was a waste? And you know what? Look what I would have, look around and look what I would have missed out on. Look what we would have missed out on if I didn't take a step of faith over fear. That there are literally a couple of thousand people, I don't know the exact amount I'd have to, I have it recorded somewhere, that there's at least a couple of thousand people that came to Christ because of the ministry, because, because of the ministry of all of us, not just me and Jennifer, but the ministry of all of us, the ministry of New Song Church. Look what we would have missed out on if I gave into fear, if we gave into fear. What will we miss out on in the future if we give into fear or if we give into complacency? What will we miss out on? I don't want to miss out on anything. And you don't either. There's nothing inside of you that says you want to miss out on the things of God. If you're a Christian, you want everything that God has for you. You want to see the miraculous in your life, in your life of your family, in the life of this church, in the life of this community, in the, in the life of North Central Indiana, in the life of this nation, in the life of this world. You want to see the things of God. You want to see the miraculous. Well, I promise you, giving in to complacency and fear, it restricts the miraculous. 
We're not called to live life like that. You're not, you're not called to complacency. You're called to action. You're called to, to good deeds. You're called to love and serve in the name and for the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible says it's my job to equip you for those works of service. It's my job as a pastor to say, hey, listen, I want to see you live out God's purpose on your life, and I'm here to help you live that out. I'm here to help you. And what we're talking about today is part of that help. I'm going to say something, though, to you before we get into this final page, that people are depending upon your faith and your fortitude. They're depending on us, and they don't even know it. They don't even know it. They're depending on us, and they don't even know it. Let me say it a different way. That some of you sitting here in this room or watching online, some of you have recently come to Christ. And before you knew about the saving grace of Jesus Christ, our Savior, you were depending upon us to share the gospel of grace, to invite you to Christ, but you didn't even know you were depending on us. But you were. You were depending on somebody to share the good news of Jesus and I'm so grateful that you found Jesus in this place. I'm telling you, it makes me cry. That God would use us. How amazing is that? That we baptized, near, baptized nearly 600 people. Isn't that amazing? We're, we're talking, everybody, that's 6% of the, of the, of, of the we've baptized 6% of, of the, the total number of, of our community. In Plymouth, think about that. In Plymouth is only 10,000 people. I'm t- we're part of something uncommon, and it's the grace of God, everybody. It's the grace of God for the glory of God. And it's not just Jennifer and I, it's all of us. I promise you, it's all of us. It's all of us. You were created on purpose for a purpose, and people are, de- are depending upon us. So I want you to do something. I want you to get out this card. It says, my next step is, and I want to point out a couple things to you before we go into this. I, I, want to, I want to just be honest with you. First of all, I want to say this, print clearly. Because a lot of times people fill this out and we can't read their writing. Uh, what's obvious to you is not obvious to us. Uh, okay, so print very, very clearly. Uh, you know, uh, help us out with that. And I just want you to put your name, your phone number, your email, that's it. And as you're doing that, I want to say something that I I didn't know how to word, and and the Lord has just given me the grace to to say it this way, that what you're filling out right now, I'm I'm going to ask you what your purpose is, and and would you allow us to help you find your purpose so that you can live it out? And I want to to say this in two different forms, that if, if you turn this in because you're feeling guilty, do not turn it in. That serving the Lord should be done in joy, not in guilt. Serving the Lord should come out of a heart of gratefulness, not of guilt. And if you feel like, well, he's, he, this is just manipulation so I can you know, serve in an area I don't want to serve in. Can I tell you something? If you think it's manipulation, don't turn it in. Because I promise you that's not the heart of this. The heart of this is you'll never, you'll never know what true joy is until you learn to serve someone else. 
The heart of it is as people who are surrendered to Christ, it means that we have to be surrendered to his purpose. Jesus said, when you go and you do the works of the Lord, it actually is pointing people to my heavenly father and your reward is gonna be great for that. I don't want you to miss out on a reward. I don't want you to miss out on your purpose. If you say, well, I'm just doing this, I just feel guilty, so I'll go ahead and serve. Don't, please don't. Because if you're serving out of guilt, you're not making the kingdom of heaven look very good. Uh, welcome to New Song. Come on in and have a seat. <laughs> Pastor made me here. You little squirt, stop pooping your pants. Wouldn't you do? Okay, how many know we don't need children's workers like that, right? We don't. So that, that's guilt-driven. You know, when, when you're serving in anger, come on, everybody. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do it out of guilt. Do it out of gratefulness. Don't do it because you feel manipulated. I'm not manipulated. You can take this home and throw it away for all I care. But for those of you who are ready to say, you know what, I want to make a difference, then this is for you. If you're new to New Song, and you've only been coming here a few weeks, just ignore this. I mean, unless you, don't, unless you say, you know what, I do want to be a part of it, then by all means, join us. But you can kick the tires here as long as you want to. There's no pressure for you. You don't have to turn this in. But for those of you who you're committed to this church, you're committed to this community, you're committed to God, and, and you're ready to walk in your purpose, your God-given purpose, it's time. It's time for that. And I'm going to ask you a few questions that you need to check mark. Are you task-oriented or are you people-oriented? Are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? I'm that's a personality question. What's your personality like? And then the second thing, I told you last week to be prepared for this this week, that you, you come prepared with your spiritual gifts. What are your top three? Maybe even you're just top one. What are your spiritual gifts? What are your spiritual gifts? You know, I, I was just talking to a couple in kids ministry today that were, um, um, I, I won't tell you their names because I didn't get permission. And, uh, but they, they said today, they, they said, a, a, a parent walked away and they looked and said, hey, you know him? I said, yeah. He was in our Sunday school class when he was growing up, and now we're teaching his children. And then she looked at me, she said, guess what my spiritual gift is? I said, you know what? I'm not a genius, but I'm guessing it's teaching. Yeah, go figure. And she's been, and the smile on her face, like I get to teach kids. Look at the difference I'm making in generations. She's just making a difference in the lives of children. Isn't that amazing? Could we give it up for our children's workers? I mean, just give it up for them. It's amazing. So write down your top spiritual gift. Just write it down. What, what is it? What do you like to do? What do you like to do? And then your next step is, you're saying, Pastor Justin, my next step is, number one, it could be, I want to start the following ministry. Like, I, I have a vision for ministry that I know God is calling me to, and I want to do it. And, and, and again, maybe that vision, maybe that purpose is attached to, to the pain. Maybe it's a, it, it, your pain has been converted into a purpose. Maybe you're passionate about something. Hey, I, I love X, Y, and Z. I, I would love to teach people how to do that and then just have a devotional or have a prayer time or that you have something. Maybe you come out of addictions. Maybe you come out of financial duress and you want to just train others, teach others. If you have a vision for something that you want to start, write it down. Just write it down. And it's our job as pastors to equip you to fulfill that vision, that purpose that God has on your life. But we can't help you if we don't know what it is. 
Now, now, most people, though, this is after years and years of teaching this subject matter, most people say, Pastor, I don't really have a vision for like heading up a ministry or, or starting a ministry. I don't really have a vision for that. Can I, can I tell you something? If you don't have a vision, then join ours. I'll, I'll tell you here at New Song, we've got a monster vision around here. I, I've, I've got such a big vision. If I were to share some of it with you now, it would scare the socks off of you. You'd say, how are we ever going to do that? How many know that we serve a miraculous God and we need to start dreaming big dreams for the glory of God? I've got a vision. I've got a vision. So if you don't have a vision of your own, can I tell you, New Song has a vision. Join it. Join us in making a difference in this community, in this region, in this state, in this nation, and in this world. Join us. Join us. And you say, okay, well, what, what do you want me to do? Well, here, we, we took some time as a staff, and we broke this down into categories in which you can make a difference here. And here they are. Uh, one of the categories is children and youth. If you're drawn to a certain age group, uh, from babies to, to toddlers to uh, uh, you know, preschool to, to elementary, intermediate, junior high, teenagers, whatever it is, if you're drawn to a certain age group, we'll join us. Because we literally, we have, uh, <laughs> we have several hundred children that call New Song their church home. And they need to hear the good news of Jesus. They need to be trained. They need to be taught. So join us. Join us. If, if it's events, hospitality, evangelism, advertising, organization set up. I was thinking about this. We have, we have a number of events that we do throughout the year, whether conferences or, uh, we, you know, we have the encounter weekend or we have our fireworks outreach where we have, I think last year, close to 1,500 people showed up for that. That takes a small army to pull that off. Our light the night. That takes a small army to pull off night the, light the night when we have 1,000 people stop by our our booth in downtown on Halloween night on, on, in downtown area. I'm, so, so maybe you just love to be a part of those events, those outreach events. Maybe, maybe you love organizing them. It, we had a lady several years ago, Joe Thomas came to me and said, you know what, I just love events. Could I just help you organize events? So whenever an event is coming up, she's the first person we call, and she is on it. She is gifted to do it, to organize it, and we love Joe Thomas around here, everybody, because she's making a difference, making a difference growth and connection. Maybe you love women's ministry or men's ministries, or you want to be a small group teacher, or, or if you don't like to teach, but say, but I have the gift of hospitality, I could host a small group. Well, then host a small group and have somebody else teach it. But you know, just check that box there. What about next steps? Teaching team, guest follow-up, baptism team. You know, Mark and Eva Narragon were at the first service sitting right up here. Every time we have a baptism service, it takes a lot of work to put baptisms together, filling the tank, getting the tank heated, putting down all of the rugs so people don't fall, getting towels ready, escorting people after they get baptized, escorting them to the bathroom so they don't slip and fall on, on wet floors. How many know what I'm talking about? Mark and Eve are so faithful. They are just passionate about baptisms. And by the way, they were both baptized here at New Song, and just it, just, it was so memorable. They said, that's our area. That's, it was so life-changing for us. That's what we want to do for the glory of God. Isn't that amazing, everybody? I, I'm telling you, the, the, the ideas are, are limitless here. How about outreach, community, ministry, meals, evangelism, missions, visitation? You know, I, just one of those things. We have several people now. The older that the church gets, we have several families, couples, uh, individuals that are shut-ins, that they're part, they're, they're part of our church family, and we send people out to their house just to visit with them. Just, just to say, hey, how you doing? Just to take them a snack or a gift or a flower or a carnation. We have people in nursing facilities 
that, that were attending New Song, and then they, they had to go to a nursing facility. So we just send people there to visit them and care for them and, and let them know that they're loved and not forgotten, everybody. What a high calling that is, right? What about Sunday hosts, greeters, ushers, prayer team, first-time guest hosts, and the list goes on and on and on. I'm talking about people that... I, it is such a huge difference when you walk into a place that makes you a little bit nervous and somebody's there saying, hey, welcome. How you doing today? Come on in. Make yourselves at home. Go get some coffee. You know, hey, do you know where things are at? Can I, can I give you a tour of the place? It just helps ease. It eases the discomfort that they might be going through. It's a high calling, everybody. It's a high calling to make a difference. Technology, f- photography, video, live stream hosts, social media, website, worship, musicians, vocalists, audio engineering, graphics, lighting. I'm telling you, it, it just takes a lot of work. There, there's a lot of intentionality and a lot of people that put Sunday morning ministry together. It, 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 it's, a, it's a small army that does it. Everybody, get plugged in somewhere. If you don't have a vision of your own, can I tell you, join ours because we got vision for you. Like we have enough, we have enough to share with everybody in this room times 12, all right? We've got enough for you to make a difference. If you say, you know, really none of those things trip my triggers, then check box number three and just say, hey, I want to talk to a pastor about it. And and again, it's, we have hundreds of these cars that are being turned in today. It's going to take us several weeks to go through them. Three to four weeks, I, I would guess it'd be by the time that we get to everybody, and so if it's, if it's a couple weeks from now, before you hear from us, don't think that we have forgotten. It just, it's going to take a lot of time for us to get through this. But we will get to it, and we'll help you. We'll help you. Again, on your way out, you can drop those in the baskets on the way out today of, this, of, of the auditorium. But don't do it out of guilt. And certainly don't, feel, don't do it because you feel manipulated. That is the last thing that I would want to ever do. It, it has to be something from your heart. It has to be something that you would say, no, I'm ready. I'm ready to make a difference. And we're here for you. We're going to help you to the best of our ability. I, I was thinking about this. How can I convey it? Why do we, why do, we do it? Of course, you know the vision. We, we share the gospel of grace, helping people become passionately devoted followers of Christ. But let me give you, let me give you a, better, a better way to say that. Maybe, maybe a something that'll catch your attention a little bit more, that my heart is to make it extremely difficult for people in Marshall County and the surrounding areas. My heart is to make it extremely difficult for people to go to hell if they live in this area. My heart is that we make it extremely difficult for them to go to hell that we love them and serve them and care for them so much so and invite them to Christ so that they actually have to come to that decision to say, no, I just said no. And that's, that's heartbreaking. Some people make that decision. But can I tell you something? The way that you came to your senses and came to Christ and said, I'm a sinner in need of a savior, you came to an understanding, you came to a revelation, somebody had to tell you about Jesus. Somebody did. Somebody had to invite you to Christ. And there are at least five to 6,000 people in Plymouth alone who are probably not in right relationship with God. And they just need an invitation. And I want to make it extremely difficult for them to go to hell. That they'll have to go out of their way in order to go to hell. Because we're going to share the love of Jesus with them so much. You see what I'm saying? 
Boy, what if every church across America had that attitude? A revival would be sweeping across this nation. I promise you. So today, I'm going to ask you to turn those in. I'm going to pray the prayer of Jabez over us today. Something, it's a, the prayer of Jabez is in the Bible. I preached about it a couple of months ago. You can go back and listen to that if you want to. But it's a, it's a prayer I've been speaking over New Song all the time. I just speak it over New Song all the time. And can I tell you, just over the last, just over the last three months, we, we've, our, we've grown by 150 people just over the last, and, and, and that's maybe even 200, just over the last three months. We've been praying this prayer. We've been praying this prayer. And God is just doing it. And I'll explain more about that because we, we got, it creates problems, great problems to have, by the way. No complaints from me. Great problems to have. What are we going to do next? And I, I'll share all that with you down the road. But we have some ideas about that. Let's make it hard for people to go to hell if they live in north central Indiana. I was thinking about this. If Jesus was coming in here today, by the way, he is here. His presence is in this place. When we gather in the, in the name of Jesus, he's always here. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. If Jesus was in this room today, I believe he'd look all of you in the eyes. He'd look me in the eyes. And by the way, he wouldn't have to read it because he's the living word. He would just say it. He would say, new song, Matthew 5, 14. These are the words of Jesus. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. So he would say, in the same way that a candle lights up a room, in the same way, new song, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. They need to see you act out your love for the Lord and glorify your Father in heaven. They're going to see your good deeds and they're going to glorify your Father in heaven. What, let me put it in today's vernacular. If Jesus were standing here today, he would look at you in the eyes and say, new song, let your light shine. Be a light in a very dark world. And when others see the love that you have for them through your acts of service, they will actually not give praise to you, but they will look heavenwards and say, wow, God is so good. God is so gracious. And to that, you will say a very big amen. That's true. He is. That, that's what Jesus is saying. Catch what he's saying here. When you do these acts of service in my name, it actually brings glory to the Father. That instead of looking at you, people are saying, thank you for pointing me to my heavenly Father. I surrender my life to him. It's the difference that an act of service makes. And I pray that you would do that. Not out of guilt. Certainly not out of manipulation but out of joy. You'll never know what true joy is until you learn to serve someone else. So I promise you, God will reward your acts of service. That's what he promises. Even what is seemingly the most insignificant, even a cup of water, if you share it in his name, he'll reward you. It captures his heart. 
and it captures his blessings upon your life. Stand up with me today. I'm going to pray a prayer over you. I want you to open up your hands toward heaven. Let's pray this prayer together. It is the prayer of Jabez that we're praying today. It's found in the Bible. And it says that the Lord honored his prayer. And it goes like this. Heavenly Father, oh, that you would bless us indeed. That you would enlarge our territory. Let your hand be with us. We need your presence, God. And keep us from all harm as we live for the glory of your name. Father, I pray that New Song Church would make such a difference in the world that everybody would have no other option except to look at it and say, surely the Lord did the miraculous through a people, through a family that was completely surrendered to you. Lord, it's all for the glory of your name. It's to make you famous. And it's to keep people out of a very real hell. That they could be ushered into a very real heaven and enjoy your presence forevermore. Lord, today we choose to reject complacency. We choose to take a step of faith over fear and to live a life of purpose in Christ Jesus. And we pray it in your name. Thank you for blessing us as we move forward in faith. In Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. I love you. Have a great day. New song. I'll see you out in the lobby. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org contact. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones who God is using to make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for watching. We hope you tune in next week.